It's the Dogcast, episode number 153. Let's get down to business. Okay, dog fans, it's game time, baby. Episode number 153, it's the Dog Cast, your flamethrower, your news, your internet source for Georgia Bulldog news. Old dog, we are behind. We are so far behind. Man, we are. And right off the bat, both you and I need to apologize. We have been talking about getting shows out for the last three or four days, haven't been doing it. And the reason is... We have had to leave the bunker, set camp up down at the damn Clark County Police Station to do nothing but bail out would-be Georgia players. I mean, what happened this last weekend? Man, they announced, you know, the coaches poll comes out on Thursday. I think it was Thursday. Have us number one, and then it was like all hell breaks loose on Friday and Saturday night in downtown Athens. I mean, I was hoping we we're going to have enough people to be able to play Georgia Southern. It was Southern. complete bedlam in Athens, man. I'm telling you guys, if y'all haven't been, you haven't been around town when that news came out about the coaches' poll and the Sports Illustrated news. I mean, all the polls—it's just breaking, and George Dog players are just gone, gone insane. They, they have, you know, and and I tell you, you know, I kind of break it down a little bit, and I'm going. I really can't get upset that much with any kind of, you know, kid getting in trouble because he's had a little too much to drink or this or that because I'm going to date myself a little bit. I mean, when I was at Georgia, the drinking age was 18, so we didn't have to worry, you know, and I mean, a 20-year-old kid being arrested for having one too many beers, that ain't a big deal. But what really bothers me with all these different arrests and stuff is the stupidity that these people have. I mean, we've got one guy getting arrested for pissing on a wall downtown. I know. Like there's not enough bathrooms around. I know. You know, we've got Dewberry, who should know better than anybody, you know, tearing up the parking lot at a hospital. You know, doing something with a with a remote camera and knocking over planters, you it's know, and just, stuff like that. It's not, you know, it's not the fact that these kids are having a drink or two because there ain't no reason to debate whether it ought to be 18 or 21. But what really bothers me is the stupidity that these people are showing. I mean, we had a bar fight where people are cracking beer bottles over each other's heads. I know, man. I know. It's crazy. And like you said, the reason we haven't done a show is because we've been posted up downtown. Hell, I started driving a taxi. I'm just trolling for football players. Trying, I know it. You trying know, to get, get them, them in. Yeah, I'm going to set up a damn portal at downtown. <laughs> it's insane, man. You know, it's I crazy. mean, I don't know if he's out marking his territory. You know, this is my bank, you know, and I don't want anybody else to use it. <laughs> so I better piss on the wall. You know, I mean, what's up? But here's the deal. All the boys are back in town this past weekend for for fall practice, which started on Monday. 
And the word around the campfire is, is that Coach Rick read them the riot act. He yeah. crushed them. And, you know, because I'm telling you, everybody knows, you guys all know, I have a huge man crush on Coach Rick, okay? I think Coach Rick is the best thing to happen to the Georgia football program since Hand Over Your Heart, the great one, number 34, Herschel Walker. But, her, you know, Coach Rick takes this thing seriously about his image and stuff because because he has to. He wears his faith on his sleeve, which I think is a fantastic thing. And, you know, when he's got players out of control, it just opens the door for all these would-be reporters to say, see there, you know, Coach Rick is really, he's no better than Bobby Bowden or Steve Spurrier or Dennis Erickson because in the final analysis, his team is a bunch of wild, wild-ass players downtown just like any other team. And Coach Rick just is not going to sit for that. So he's really cracking the whip on the guys right now. Well, you're right. And, I mean, you know, along with that, too, for the most part, everyone involved was pretty much a no-name you know, except for uh, Dewberry. Dewberry. And I was really, I was really kind of surprised, you know, with that. I mean, because if I'm not mistaken, and and I may be, because it certainly wouldn't be the first time. No. But I think he had to, he had a little trouble before and had to go back to Hargrave Military or whatever. You would think, I mean, this kid's been around. He started some games. I mean, you know, these kids getting in trouble. They're not other than a couple offensive linemen for touching a pregnant woman, which, you know, that that's all gone now. Oh, yeah. But, Sturdivant. Sturdivant, Anderson, no suspensions. You know, these are, you know, these are folks, you know, that who knows if they're going to pan out or not. You know, we got freshman linebackers and third string this and that, and, you know, this kid Lemon apparently was a real bad egg. You know, a week after he gets kicked off the team, he picks up another DUI. But, you know, uh, look at the position it puts us in, though, old dog. You got ESPN and the coaches poll putting us at number one, or number one in the coaches poll, number one in SI poll, and then ESPN, which is, I believe, the evil empire, simultaneously has us ranked in their bottom ten because, you know, we're just a, we're, we're the evil empire because we've got so many players on suspension, you know, and, uh, you know, it just galls me how ESPN can can straddle the fence like they do with with a straight face. You know. Well, you know, and I'm surprised they had enough time to talk about us either good or bad. You know, since they got their head so far up up Brett Favre's ass, figuring out what he's oh going to do. Oh my gosh, this is it Brett. is amazing. That's that, <laughs> but that's a whole different show. Yes, it is. The Brett Favre show is a whole other show. So but ESPN did become a uh, a five letter network here this past week and a half. <laughs> okay, old dog. We've got so much stuff to cover in this show. This show may be ninety minutes. We we may just talk the we may talk the rest of the night because we I don't want to break it up. We're just going to keep talking until I've got everything on the checklist. Until my ADD is satisfied, I'm not going to stop. But I want you to run down the police blotter for us, man. Where do we stand on suspensions? And that, uh, you know, I know we lost our long snapper. Uh, yeah, Jeff but Henson. he was, I mean, the thing is, though, he was out for the Sugar Bowl, too. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, you know, we've got we've got extra on that. The only thing, and I guess it's good, if anything can be good about losing a player, that it happened when it did. Because one of the positions that really is going to be a big thing is our kicking game. Yes. I mean, we've pretty much got our hopes set on this freshman kicker, this Blair Walsh kid, 
who apparently can hit and is pretty good. So I think the more rhythm he can get between whoever's going to snap it, his holder, and him kicking is good. So if, you know, this Henson kid is going to go down for a game or, you know, it may be more because I think he's suspended indefinitely because this is his second alcohol-related thing, you know, that's fine because that timing has got to get there. But, you know, the, I think the biggest one is probably Dewberry. He's out for two games for apparently just damn losing his mind in the parking lot there at St. Mary's Hospital. St. Mary's Hospital off of Baxter. He just went crazy, man. Uh, you know, Henson, just Jeff Henson, the long, the long snapper, you know, this guy's got to go to the bathroom so bad he just pisses anywhere he wants to. And uh, got picked up downtown. He's suspended indefinitely. Donovan Baldwin, uh, you know, he's a third-string defensive back. He's in a bar fight. This is his second strike. Uh, Breaking bottles over people's heads. Well, you know, I think the next time you and I talk about Donovan Baldwin is probably going to be two, three years from now when we do our, you know, retroactive uh, recruiting show, and we're going to say Donovan Baldwin. Four star, <laughs> never played a game. Exactly. I think that's the next, uh, you know. And then there's some freshman linebacker, Marcus, Mar- a dimwit is what I call it. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was in a bar. He was in the same bar fight. Man. Uh, you know, that's pretty much it. You know, as far as the other nothing new since the last show, other right. than those two that really count. Right. Okay. You know, and I mean, and and they claim, you know, they come out with this business of. You know, we've got eight, but they don't come back and say, you know, that Sturdivant and the other guy, I can't remember his name right off the bat, you know, that stuff is gone. Uh, You know, nothing's going to happen there. It just, they always love to report bad news and never come back with what actually happens. Well, I agree. You know, nobody, everybody remembers the indictment. Nobody, nobody remembers the, uh, the, the getting off the acquittal, you know? Exactly. Um, exactly. The good news is we start out with Georgia Southern. We start out with Central Michigan. We really don't need these guys to beat those teams, I don't think. Uh, and everybody's going to be back when we play South Carolina. It is going to be a huge game for South Carolina because it's going to be, even though it's the third game of the season, <laughs> it's going to be the first game that they actually play football on the day that colleges like to play football. Saturday. They play football, which is Saturday. Right. They warm They've up with got them. those big <laughs> Thursday night games. <laughs> hey, speaking of Central Michigan, you just mentioned the Central Michigan game. I had no idea. Here's a little look ahead to the Central. Do you know, I've seen some press talking about the Heisman showdown in week two between Noshawn Moreno and the quarterback from Central Michigan, Dan LaFavor. Have you ever heard of Dan LaFavor? No. Didn't he quarterback Hawaii? <laughs> I don't know exactly. I don't know. But they say this kid, this quarterback from Central Michigan, is a legitimate Heisman candidate. And, yeah, I'm thinking uh, – Yeah, I, I I'm thinking hope he's Brennan as good as Cole Brennan two. was. Or as good as uh, – what's the kid from the uh, the Boise State kid that we hammered? You know, um, he was on the cover of the NCAA. I don't, I don't even game. remember his name. That was a sad story because I think – didn't we put enough money together – to fly that boy's father over from Iraq I, or I, something I, so he could see his kid just get pounded. Yeah. And, you know, that is the 
and and that kid ended up crying on the sidelines too. Yeah, I can't believe I can't just, remember his name. You know, he had a beard and a mustache. I remember that. Yeah, that that, just show, that shows how impressive they were. Yeah, exactly. I can't even remember his name. But yeah, get ready for the big Heisman showdown in week two between Noshan Moreno, an authentic Heisman candidate, and Dan Lefebvre from Central Michigan. I'd probably well, not pronounce it. You know, name, right? I mean the two and I actually, you know, the two Heisman candidates that are going to be on the field that day are going to be Stafford and No Shot. Hey, you know, Coach Rick says he has it on good authority. He has every reason and every expectation that Matthew Stafford is going to return for year number four. What are your thoughts on that, old dog? Stafford coming back for a fourth year. You know, I that would it probably would be a good thing if he did, but you know, I don't know how you can say that. I mean, from everything that we have seen, you know, at these first couple practices and just around town, Stafford's in the best shape of his life. I mean, he's lost all that baby fat. Yeah. He he looks he looks more manly than he does a kid. He looks like um, a big-time quarterback right now. You know, I I think if he tears it up this year like we think he's going to do, uh, you know, I I think he's going to go pro. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd love to see it. I'm sure he'd like to. I'm sure right now, you know, that's what he's telling Coach Rick. But, uh, you know, again, you know, someone says, hey, you're going to be you're going to be in the top five in the draft. You may be number one. You're going to cash a check for about $10 million in the signing bonus. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd probably go myself. Yeah, I mean, how could you not? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, you, you really don't know. I mean, but I think if he has the kind of year that we all hope he's going to have, then I think we will probably see the last of him as quarterback of Georgia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's good because, I mean, he has done – He's done a great job there, and I hope he brings home a national championship for us this year, and all hopes are that he will. And we've got some other guys, you know, laying behind him that hopefully will be as good, if not better. I totally agree, man. Great call there. All right, let's talk about the thing. Let's talk about, like I said, my ADD is like in full swing tonight. I know, man. You must be. I know you're bouncing off the walls of the bunker. I'm just freaking out right now. Okay, let's talk about the thing everybody wants to talk about. Number one the in the coach's line. No. Oh. N- number one. Let's talk about the pressure of being number one, man. We're number one in the coaches poll. We're almost. We, you know, the thing is, you know, we're not number one by much. I've got, I've got bad news for everybody on this number one thing. But we're number one in the coaches poll. Number one in Sports Illustrated. I think we're going to get number one in the AP. Well, it, it'll be close though. Um, you know, we're pretty much consensus number I one. I bet right Southern now. Cal's number one in the AP because they just seem to love Southern Cal. Yeah, that, I, that's true. That's true. But you know, Southern Cal and Ohio State are right behind us. We, we're over Southern Cal by about like eight votes, I think, and yeah. Southern Cal were, I mean, and over Ohio State by about thirty votes. And those two teams meet like in week three. So, you know, if you take that into effect, one of the teams is going to win that game and is almost certainly going to pick up those first place votes. It's going to be almost impossible for us to go wire to wire, regardless. Even if we even if we go 12-0, and 0, I don't think we're going to be able to go wire to wire at number one. But I think that if we can win the SEC, you know, we're going to be right where we need to be at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, I think there's no doubt about that. Well, but. I mean, and and I think they just need to change the rules 
until the other conferences come up to the same caliber of play that the SEC has. Mm -hmm. Whoever wins the SEC championship game, no matter what their record is, should automatically be in the BCS championship game. There you go. I totally agree. I, I mean, I think that, of course, but, you know, nobody that's not an SEC fan thinks that. But um, it's it's going to be an interesting season, man. It's going to be a very interesting season. Well, you season. know, it's and you go along there, it's like one of our listeners, you know, sent us an email and said it's an SEC world, and we're just lucky to be living in it. <laughs> that's right. You know, I saw today that uh, Georgia is an 8-1 to one favorite to win the national championship, according to, like, you know, the odds makers and stuff. And uh, we're second only to, of course, USC, who yeah. is a six to one favorite. But um, still, I'll take those odds. If we get to play USC in the championship game, I would take that, baby. I would oh, take that every day absolutely. of the freaking week. And you know that's you know, and again, you know, USC can gear themselves up for one or two big games. I mean, they play Ohio State. Uh, and I guess probably really the other big game they play is going to be Arizona State. Yeah, absolutely. You know, who we play along with Florida, Tennessee, Auburn, you know, I mean, LSU. LSU, Alabama. You know, the, <laughs> you know it just goes on and on. Uh, you know, as as much as I think he's an old drunk, you know, Bino Cook said if UGA goes undefeated this year, then they ought to play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Ain't it the truth, man? Yeah. Um, but you know, with that said, there we have got we've got a chance to win every game we play this season, and I don't care what anybody else says. Without a doubt, we have got the toughest schedule in the nation. No doubt. You look at where we go, who we play back-to-back, -back, everything else. I mean, it's unbelievable. Do you think that Coach Rick can get them up? Do you think we can handle the number one pressure? Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's pretty rare around Athens for us to be um, – for us to be number one preseason, man. Oh, and, yeah. I and mean, everybody's going to be gunning for us, you know? Well, and not just preseason, but, I mean, we have never spent a whole lot of time as the number one team in the nation. No. I mean, even back, you know, in the in the Herschel Walker years in the 80s, you know, it was always, you know, someone was ahead of us, and, you know, it was late season, you know, when we got there. But, uh I think Coach Rick and I think the team's got a good fix on it, and I think that is part of having such a hard schedule ahead of us, too, that they really can't, and I think I think the team realizes this, that they can't just say, hey, you know, we are number one, we're there, all we got to do is kind of coast through, because after these first two games, we really don't have a break. Yeah, you're right. I mean, hell... You know, I'm, we're the first seven games, man. We get a lot done in the first seven games of the year, and then we're yeah. on the road after that. You know, we have this the way our schedule breaks. We got this front-loaded home thing, and then we're on the road. You know, for Florida and Auburn and all those games. The I LSU mean, we game. go to LSU, come back the next week and play Florida in Jacksonville. I know, it's it's it is a brutal schedule, and I mean, you know, we really I'm really trying to temper expectations not that i don't think we can do it but 
you know, it's it's just it's going to be tough, man. Well, I mean, it's going to take a, it's going to take a Herculean effort for us to for us to win every game, but I think we can. And it's going to take all the fans too. I mean, really, that's the message I'm trying to send is we've got to have good fans every week. Like, let's talk about. You know, I saw this article about the, the rules of cheering. You know, going into the season, this is another thing. Let's talk about the cheering rules, all dog. Okay. Because I want to talk about just a couple of things. One, you never boo a Georgia football player. Do you agree with that? Yes. You never boo a Georgia football player, no matter how bad he sucks, no matter how much you want to boo. When, let's right. say, a tight end drops the ball or a receiver touches the ball, you know, drops the ball, you just and, cannot and I mean, boo. You, you can't. And, and that boils down to me. I mean, these kids are out there. They're not playing for money. And they are doing the absolute best they can. And whether they, you know, sometimes you are just out-talented. Now, I don't think that's going to happen to us anywhere this year, but the situation is there's no reason to boo a kid. I mean, he is doing his absolute best. He's not out there because he's making $10 million, and he doesn't give a damn because he's going to get to cash a paycheck at the end of the day anyway. Right. I mean, he's out there because he wants to be. He's giving his all, and sometimes you just ain't good enough. Rule number but, two. But you don't need to be booed because you ain't good enough. Or, Lord, I'd be booed every day. <laughs> I'd boo you just for fun sometimes. I know you would. Because you suck a lot. But anyway, okay, rule number two. When the other team has the ball, you should scream like you are trying to stop, you know, like you're trying to shake a building to its foundations. When the other team has the ball, you scream like you're a madman. When we have the ball, it should be quiet enough in there. You know, like the old sprint commercials, you can hear a pin drop, you know, because offense is at work. So you got to be quiet when we got the ball. You got to be loud when the other team's got the ball. You think that goes without saying. And a lot of you guys are rolling your eyes right now and you're thinking, gosh, Derek's gone off the rails here telling us crap that we already know. If that's the case, then why is it, why can't we get it up when the other team is third down at 10? And why is there so much daggum grab assing when our team has the ball? You tell, answer well, me that. Well, I go. I would like to amend that a little bit. All right. Uh, you should be yelling and screaming when the other team has the ball, like there is no tomorrow. Only if they're ranked within the top twenty. <laughs> oh, I like that. That and, is a pretty good amendment. I'll give you that. And while and you can yell and scream when your team has the ball, as long as they're in the huddle. But once they break the huddle and get to the line then you do need quiet in case there's an audible. It's like a convent. And now here's the final cheering rule. And this is kind of a new one for me. I mean, I, I kind of knew this intuitively, but I never heard it put to me in such a smart way as I was talking to my friend the other day, Dickie Betts. Uh, okay, the the whole overrated cheer. Overrated. You know, that's the thing. You know, you hear everybody likes to say, if a team is highly ranked or whatever, you beat them down. You might say something. You hear the child crowd oh, yeah. overrated you know that's really a dumb cheer I, I never thought about it before but if you're beating a team down and your cheer is that they're overrated you're really dumbing down your own victory you know what i mean How, exactly you're you hurting should be yourself cheering. you should be cheering we're underrated yeah exactly hell you're hurting yourself to say the team that you're beating is overrated you know that's just a dumbass thing to say about a team you're beating 
So let's let's cool it on the overrated cheers this year, you know? Because I can feel that coming, like for the Arizona State game, for the Alabama game, teams like that, you know, those teams that are kind of on the bubble. Yeah, I mean, for the Alabama game, let's replace overrated with Saban sucks. <laughs> okay, I'm down with that, dude. That's All a right. good plan. All right, moving on. Let's talk about spring practice notes because I've got two players I want to talk let, about. Let me throw in something real quick. Song about cheering. I'm all over and the place. Stuff Bring like on. that. Yeah. This is this really isn't cheering, but I want our listeners, and I think most of them realize this. But please pass it on. ESPN is our enemy. <laughs> yes, they are. They, they almost single-handedly kept us out of the national championship game last year, and if and when. They ever come to Athens for game day? I, there's no way we can stop them from coming, and there's no way we can stop a bunch of lemmings from flocking to them and acting like assholes in front of them. <laughs> but I don't want any good, loyal Dogcast listener to give ESPN even a second thought, because they are the evil empire. They really are, and they make things be what they want them to be, not they necessarily do. what they are or what they really should be. And they, they ruin people, and just remember, even if you think there's a shred of good about ESPN, remember the Lou Holtz pep talk. <laughs> exactly, and that will shut down any warm, fuzzy feelings you may have towards the evil empire. Absolutely. Uh, I tell you, I'm just sick of ESPN. They are no good. We've got to put up with them because we're probably going to be on their network a couple times. But we do more for them than they do for us. You got that right, brother. All right. Spring practice. Day three. We're, well, actually, we just finished up day four today. Um, lots of excitement. Full pads. Guys are hitting. But there are two players that are standing out that I want to talk about. And one of them, if you've been following Georgia, if you've been following fall practice, you know this already. Because this kid is getting press. He is getting covered up in press. A South Carolina product, old dog. I know you're excited when I talk about South Carolina players. I know you are. This kid. This Especially kid, at skill positions. A.J. Green from Somerville, South Carolina, probably our top recruit last year. You know, this huge receiver, this kid, I'm telling you, this kid is absolutely dazzling on the field, man. I have not, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm just calling my shot. I'm telling you, this kid is money. He is money on the field, off the field, talking to the press. I've seen this kid in some press. He's just, he is a freaking cool customer, dude. He does handle himself well, and, I mean, he is like the pro prototype receiver. I think he he's is four, bad four, like I'm betting they, <laughs> they list him at 200, but I bet he's 210. Runs good routes, got a little bit of a pull groin or a hip flexor. Yeah, yeah. I think, but they're saying that's probably just because these are some new routes and he's not comfortable with them. But I mean, the kid's got hands like glue. He's got like a 42 inch vertical. He's six four or whatever he is. This kid, and he can catch, man, and he can run, and he's blocking downfield, and he's just a freshman. I'm telling yep. you, I am really excited about this kid, and, and I can't... apparently, Mo, and apparently, Momass is kind of taking him under his wing too, oh, which I think will probably help both of them. 
I think you're so right, dude. I'm telling you, this kid, A.J. Green, is a complete badass on the field yeah. right now. And the other guy I want to talk about is somebody that I was high on coming out of spring practice. He doesn't get a lot of love because he's kind of working in the shadow of you know the great Caleb King. But I'm telling you, Richard Samuel, look out for Richard Samuel because I'm telling you, that kid can motor. That kid a lot is, of heart too. He can motor, man. And I'm telling you, you know, I know everybody. You know, Caleb King is the consensus number two. He's got the number two position wrapped up. Yada yada yada. I'm telling you, he does not have the number two position wrapped up. He might right now. Okay, I'm not trying to tell you the depth chart is fixing a change or anything. But I am telling you this, Richard Samuel is knocking on the door, dude. Oh, he is. And and I think these first two games, too, with only one starting fullback, we're going to see a lot of different running back combinations I back know. there, too. I mean, we're going to see, and, you know, and granted, we're not playing, you know, the the best of talent, too. So I think they're going to experiment around a little bit. And I think we're going to see a lot of things from – you know, Tony Ball that we haven't seen in a long time with some different combinations. I think you're right, and I'm I'm really excited about that, too. To be honest with you, I'm excited about what that means for our point production, you know? I want to see some crazy stuff. I think it's going to be great. Um, but um, the kids are playing. Matt Stafford is, is really coming out of spring. He's been super impressive in spring. He's super impressive in the fall. He looks as good as he has looked. He, I'm, just like I told you a couple of months ago, dog fans, Matthew Stafford is right on Matthew Stafford's plan. I mean, this kid has had a program and a plan since you know he was born, and he yeah. is exactly where he always meant to be, exactly where he thought he was supposed to be. He has been outstanding in practice. His reads, his throws, it's, been, it's the best fall, coming off the best spring he's had into the best fall he's had. And uh, he is really, he's getting it done, man. I'm telling you, he looks as good or better than he ever has before. Well, and along those lines, too, he was the first player on Sunday to uh, step up and, you know, just talk to the team and really call them out and just tell them how stupid they were for all this damn foolishness. Absolutely. You know, that these young kids are getting into. And, you know, not wanting to go back too much to the police blotter, but just to bring it up one more time, you know, you don't see folks like Matthew Stafford, no Sean Moreno, uh, you know, Sturdivant, the guys, you know, Rennie Corn, the guys that really play the game mm-hmm. that are on the that are in, you know, one and two on the depth chart, these aren't the guys getting in trouble. Those guys the are guys focused. that are getting in trouble are the freshmen that don't know any better or the guys that, you know, are just off the scout team and are probably never gonna see the field. Yeah, I mean, you can tell. You can tell in practice. You can tell on Friday night. You can tell the guys that are focused, you know? I mean, yeah. hey, Matthew Stafford can pound. I mean, that kid can pound some beer with the best of them, okay? Oh, there ain't no doubt about it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, man. Matthew Stafford can put them down. But, um, you know, he's definitely focused. He doesn't do stupid things. You know, that's one thing we were talking about the other day, old dog. You know, you and I, we both went to Georgia, and, you know, I drank as much as anybody when I was at Georgia and party as much as anybody, and I've never seen the back of an Athens-Clark County cruiser. You know, I never had to call Aaron Bonding where every day is springtime. Well, you know, you know now, now James, James Bond Bonding, 
gives you a free T-shirt now when you bond out. Hey, uh, Aaron Bonding gives you a free T-shirt, too. Don't ask me how I know that. But <laughs> listen, listen. Aaron Bonding has the greatest motto of any bond company in Athens, dude. Aaron Bonding, where it's always springtime. <laughs> Come on, dude. That's the best bond you motto of all. you got to love that. Call Aaron Bonding for all your bond needs if you're a Georgia football player in downtown Athens this fall. But... Um, yeah, I'm really excited about the offensive line. Tanner Strickland's looking good. Sturdivant's looking good. Um, gosh, A.J. Green, man. Uh, you know, Kenneth Harris is catching balls. Momass is catching balls. Stafford's delivering. And then you've got, you know, the real Cadillac, Sean Moreno back there yeah. just doing what he does. I ain't worried about it. Nobody thinks about Sean Moreno. He's automatic. Um I'm so excited about football, man. Oh, I tell you, it is. I, I can't wait. Okay. All right. So we got some shout-outs. This is the part of the show where I've saved up. I got some shout-outs, okay? And I really, I hate the concept of a shout-out, so let me back up because shout-out is kind of a lame term. I want to give some, uh, I don't know, some mad props, uh, some shout-out, whatever you want to call them. Well, uh, uh, both of those are lame terms. You're right. I, know, I can't think of anything any better, though. I've got news for listeners, okay? Number one, I want to thank our great listener, Dave Tennyson, listener of the year, because he has used the PayPal donation button to donate more money than any listener in DogCast history. Dave Tennyson, you're our hero. Dave, I need to uh, – hang on a second. Let me, let me get some sound effects here, old dog. I, I need to do something with some – don't you think – I think he deserves some sound effects. If I could even find some sound effects, I don't know. But uh, Dave Tennyson. Gave us some money, and I appreciate it. Um, old dog, we got to do your preseason thing. Well, before I don't even have the list with. Wait, we're okay. going to do that on another show. I mean, as long as we are giving recognition to listeners. Yes. My boy Tracy Windsor has come up with some great stats, and this just—I'm I'm actually going to give a little a little props to two listeners. But first off. On and both of them involve your and mine and ESPN's favorite quarterback, Tim uh, Tebow. Hallelujah. Let's look at that. <laughs> Timmy Tebow, what do you think, as a starter, what do you think his record would be against top 25 teams? Against I mean, like 40 and 0. I mean. <laughs> Well, he's won the Heisman, so certainly. No, I mean, you know, he he's never lost a game, has he? Yeah, well, certainly. I, I know we beat him, but has anybody else? I mean, I'm sure he smashed bunches of top twenty-five teams in his storied Heisman career. You know, this is this is what it boils down to. And again, getting back to the Evil Empire, our boy Timmy Tebow is one and four as <laughs> a starter against top twenty. Five teams. Wow. One win against the top 25 team, huh? Yeah, and the only one he beat was Tennessee. Wow. Which, I don't know. Did they? I can't say anything about Tennessee. They handed us our ass last year. They did. Where, where Matthew Stafford, with all the criticism that we have given him over his career, and we have. <laughs> yes, we have. As a starter, is 8-1 and one against top 25 teams. Wow. But, of course, he has no Heisman, and he doesn't walk on water or anything like no. that, you know? No. Yeah. And, and, and leading into that, 
Bradley Matthews has sent us some great Tim Tebow one-liners that I'd like to share with everybody. Uh, good. I have some to add myself, too. So you go, let's go, old dog. Let's trade. Tebow's tears cure cancer. Too bad he doesn't cry. <laughs> Tebow doesn't sleep. He waits. <laughs> T- hey, Jesus, I just, go, ahead. go ahead. No, Tim Tebow doesn't do push-ups. He pushes the earth down. Jesus walked on water. <laughs> Tebow swam through land. <laughs> Tebow doesn't get frostbite. He bites frost. Evolution is a lie. <laughs> There's just a list of animals Tebow allowed to live. <laughs> okay, wait. You know, a lot of people like to wear Superman pajamas. Superman wears Tim Tebow pajamas. <laughs> Tebow doesn't read books. He just stares them down until he gets the information he wants. Tebow doesn't have to wear a watch because he just wills it to be the time that he wishes it to be. And and my personal favorite, <laughs> when the boogeyman goes to sleep every night, he checks the closet for Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. I love the Tim Tebow stuff. I mean, I'm oh, telling you I what. mean, you know, it is it is great. And we are going to have every week, I guess I guess what we need to do, you know, because we're going to get back here once the season starts to our regular schedule, uh, you know, a post-game on Sunday and a uh, pre-game, pre-game on, on Thursday. Or Wednesday, yeah. Or whenever we're going to do it. Comes out on back Thursday. and forth. Yeah. But we are we are actually going to have a Tim Tebow update every week. Okay, good. And also, you know, again, this is just the ADD episode, dog fans. We we had so many so much stuff in the pipe, in the big stack of stuff that we're just having we're all over the place trying to get it out to you. But we are close to a I would like to say we're close. Old dog, you may not even know this, but we're close to a new radio deal that if you're in Atlanta, which as you know is about two-thirds of the entire state of Georgia, if you're close to Atlanta, you're going to be able to hear us on the radio every Friday morning doing a little show where we talk for about an hour on an FM station, a clear channel station, old dog. We're going to be moving up to the big time doing a show for an hour on downtown Atlanta radio every Friday morning about a pregame show, basically. Doing apparently with some kind of monster. He's a giant, isn't he? <laughs> He's giant Brian. And I'm kind of excited. Is he we, like the Cyclops? I mean, is he only going to have like one eye in the middle of his head? or? Dude, he's like 6'6", 350 pounds, and he wears one of these wrestling kind of unitards that's kind of a half-assed Good. wife beater and a Speedo all into one thing, you know? Oh, man. And that's what he wears while he's broadcasting, I think. <laughs> I'd hate to see what he wears, you know, when he's on his private time. But um, we are working on some other deals outside. And not to forget, we got to talk about Dogapalooza because we're getting – I'm getting so many emails. Listen, guys. Listen, I know you guys want details about the Dogapalooza, and I know everybody wants to show up. And, you know, from the sound of it, we may really have, you know, two, three, five, six hundred people there. I, I have no idea what we're going to do. I just know this. I know that we're going, me and Old Dog are going to Tempe. We're going to get there on Thursday. We're going to have a party Friday night. Okay? I don't know where that party is going to be yet for sure. 
But it'll be wherever we are. Exactly. It's going to be wherever we are, and we're going to tell you well in advance, well before you leave for Tempe, you're going to know where you need to go Friday night, you're going to know where you need to be on Saturday before the game, and you're going to know where you need to be Saturday after the game. So we're not going to leave you hanging, okay? Right now, again, I'm telling you, all you need to focus on is getting your ass to Tempe. That's Get right. to Tempe. Get to Tempe before Friday at like 8 o'clock Pacific. And, and everything we'll comes, and we'll take care of everything else, okay? We got shirts, we got koozies, we got it all going on. Just no, we've even got Tempe. pins. Yeah, we, have we got pins, old dog? We've got pins. Oh my gosh, we got pins. Okay, so just get to Tempe. Now, um, another little thing, uh, Krista, listener, been wanting to know if we had our cool schedules, and because um, last year we had the cool schedules, I got to put a open call out. We had a listener last year that made up some really cool schedules and sent them to me, and then I distributed them out through the show. If that guy is listening, if you want to make us some more schedules, there is a clamoring out there for the cool schedules. But in the meantime, um, Krista, I found this thing called the schedule generator. It's pretty cool. You can set, you can uh, put, you can customize it by division, by team, by conference, however you want to with artwork and graphics and stuff. The schedule generator, I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. So go to the website at dogcast.com and click on that link in the show notes to go to the schedule generator, and you can make your own cool custom schedule for your fridge, for your desk, for your cubicle, whatever, you know? So, um, trying to get you guys some cool schedules before the season starts and uh, we're not going to do your preseason poll old dog no we're going to save that to the next show we just have so much to do and i'm waiting for the ap to come out because we've got mine we've got the coaches we've got the bookies out of uh vegas we've got the uh let's see what else do we? we've got the cbs poll i mean i want to see how they all are but the main thing that makes the all dog poll so unique. It's a non pussy poll. It's, it's I come accurate. out at the beginning of the season. I say this is how it's going to be, and I don't change it week to week. That's right. I mean, I said this is this is the way it is, and that's it. Anybody, if you keep changing week to week, you can always get it right. No kidding. But Old Dog doesn't do that. In fact, no. we, we seal up your poll in a hermetically sealed envelope and Put stamp it, it and notarize it. <laughs> we stamp it, we notarize it, and it, it goes in the vault, baby, until January the 7th, and we pull it out, and we find out what's what. That's right. Now, i still got three things to cover, Old Dog. Have you seen the new color scheme of the Georgia Dome? Do you no. know that there's a new color scheme in the Georgia Dome? I didn't. Is it is it like golden white? Well, you know, it used to be like a kind of teal and fuchsia, or maybe mauve, or I don't know what you would call the colors inside that thing. But, you know, when the ceiling, when the roof got ripped off during the SEC basketball championship yeah. this year that Georgia won on Georgia Tech's court. That's um, right, when we blew the roof off of it. We blew the roof. We raised the roof, literally. They decided to go in and do this whole big thing, and they changed the seats around. Okay, if you look inside now, it is concentric circles of red and black seats inside. Red and black. Everything inside the Georgia Dome, red and black. 
It is smoking, dude. It is smoking. How would you like to play the dogs in the SEC championship in the Georgia Dome in Georgia in a red and black stadium? Man, it is hot. I'm they finally you what, caught on, didn't they, they? They finally caught It's about as good as indoor football can be, which is not very good because no. all indoor football sucks. But it's about as good as indoor football can be because it is in the state of Georgia, and the seats are red and black. Dude. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Check that out if you if you get a picture. Maybe I'll put that up for you guys. Um, I got a shout-out. One more shout-out. I, I hate to keep saying shout-out. If anybody's got a better thing to say than shout-out, let me know. Oh, I got, a t I, oh, I got so many things to say. Valdosta. Shout-out to Valdosta. Town USA. Town USA, baby. I want to thank... Home, the, of, home of the great Buck Baloo. Home of the great Buck Baloo. Thanks, Eric, for telling us and reminding us about the fact that Valdosta was voted the number one all-time, you know, non-sport-specific, just title town, baby. Yeah. Valdosta, Georgia. That's a That's great right. lead-in. John Lassinger was out of there also. Oh, I tell you, man. So many great. So many state championships. So many national polls. National, national titles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Valdosta has got it going on. And Valdosta State, the college down there, has won a couple of whatever division they're in. Yeah, since They've I was a little kid. They've won a couple kid. of those. And I think Mike Cavan, who recruited and brought the great Herschel Walker to the University of Georgia, was the head coach down there for a while. I tell you what, man, Valdosta, proud, proud tradition down there in South Georgia of getting yes, it indeed. done. Yes, Getting it done. Now, um... I got a question. This came to me today, old dog. This is just the kind of things I think about. You remember last year we played the Superman song, right? You know, they yes. do that song, Superman by Soldier Boy, and that was a big hit with the fans. And uh, No Sean would do his little dance. Big hit with the players. Big hit with the – even bigger hit with the players. Here's my question. Are they going to play that song again this year because it's cool with the players and No Sean likes it? Or are they not going to play it because, it, you know – it was popular for about the length of the football season. Now it's pretty much non-existent on the radio as a popular type song, you know. So are we going to stick with that for No Sean Moreno's tenure? Hold on. Whoa, what's that sound? Are we going to stick with that or not? Well, here's what I would do. I would ask No Sean what he if if I were running the music in the stadium. I'd ask No Sean what he wants to hear and play it. <laughs> I would get No Sean's iPod and put the most, you know, the highest ranked songs. Those are the songs I would play. Absolutely, but Whatever's... not too loudly because you know you can get in trouble. <laughs> That's true. Okay, last question of the day. Another ridiculous thing from ESPN, but I want to get your comment on it. ESPN had a thing on PTI the other day, the Pardon the Interruption show, Kornheiser and uh, Wilbon. Yeah. They they had a little question there. Which coach has more pressure on them this year, Mark Rick or Joe Paterno? What do you think, old dog? Which coach has more pressure, Mark Rick or Joe Paterno from Happy Valley? Well, you know, there, there are a couple Joe ways pa. to answer this. First off, I've got to say, I, in, in all seriousness, I think it's probably Coach Rick because he has got a lot of expectations to live up to, and unfortunately he's starting to get a little bit of a bad rap with all of the off-field problems we've had. So I think there's some pressure on him to produce. But, you know, in turn, 
who who understands and feels the pressure. I think Joe Paterno is probably damn near senile, <laughs> and he is. Kind of, I mean, they, they've made him into like a storybook character. They give him this silly-ass nickname, Joe Pa, who lives in Happy Valley <laughs> and, you With know, Puff the Magic wears, Dragon. You know, and wears wingtips and lives in a $50,000 home close to the library. You know, I mean, I, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, I don't know if this guy's even got a clue. He's like a fatter version of a senile Lou Holtz. Yeah, I, you're right. You know, so does he even feel any pressure? I, you know, I doubt the man even knows he's alive. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm not drinking no Sean Kool-Aid tonight. I'm drinking the official beverage of Matthew Stafford. Ah, yeah, that's good stuff there. Okay, so anyway, actually, it just went all over the microphone, all over my face. Hold on. Um, all right. All right. Yeah, that that wasn't nearly as sexy in real life as it might have sounded on the microphone. All right, so yeah, that was my last question for you. Who has more pressure, Joe Bob from Happy Valley or Coach Rick in A Town? Well, and I mean, I think it boils down to expectation, and uh, you know. We've got polls, the fans. We are expecting a national championship season out of the University of Georgia. So obviously there's more pressure on the coaching staff there, including Coach Rick, than there would be. I mean, is Penn State even in a top ten? They're not in mine. No, they're not. And that's the only top ten that counts, right? Exactly. So who cares? Okay, two last notes. This show, we're, we're sitting on like 50 minutes right now. I'm telling you, whole talk. This is a banner and just, show. And, and we're going to be back. We're going to be back first of the week with some more stuff, too. Yeah, really. Okay, yeah. Let's, let's, let me say this with meaning right now, with heart, because I get all these emails from you guys, and I know we have some great listeners, and you guys really appreciate the show, and we appreciate you. And I'm sorry that we've been so freaking slack over this summer, but it is back to business now. We've got less than 30 days to go to kickoff, and we are all business. We're going to we're gonna put out at least one show a week from now till kickoff, and we may even come with more than that because we've got yeah. lots of stuff to talk about. Things like 22 this. 22 days, 14 hours. Three minutes and 55 seconds. If you love the University of Georgia, you love walking down uh, Lumpkin Street, you have probably seen and walked past the KA house at the top up there a um, hundred times, you know, maybe more a thousand times. KA house, torn down, old dog. These are notes from, notes from Athens, because a lot of you guys, a lot of our listeners aren't in Athens, so you don't know all this stuff. Um, the bookstore parking situation, holy crap. They say they're going to get that fence down and be able to walk through there and park and stuff by football season. I don't know. You know, they're expanding the I, I tape center. I was there this weekend. There ain't no way that's happening. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, the bookstore is. is insane right now. Forget yeah, it. It's um, nuts. K.A. House, torn down. That's a big deal to me. I mean, I just, you know, these great grand old landmarks. Going under the the well, Michael you had, Adams, you mic. had quite a you had quite a few of them up there that that just sold out. I know, you know, went went for the almighty dollar capitalism. I, I you know, and I, listen, I'm a friend of the capitalists, you know. You know, so. and you're up there on North Campus, man. You're close to that business school. Someone makes an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> exactly, I, we're friends of the capitalists here on the old, on the uh, dog cast. So that's the way it rolls sometimes, dog fans. But anyway, that's your Athens update. Um, Everything's good right here in God's country. We'll see you in 22 days and 14, 14 hours. hours, 2 minutes and 30, 29, 28. 
I could go on forever. Oh, exactly. But man, it is Kibo's just not gonna let an it happen. exciting time. There is nothing like the start of college football. Mm. We wait for it all year. Oh, dog fans. I mean, I have been anticipating this kickoff in less than 22 days from the last teardrop that Cole Brennan's shed <laughs> there in New Orleans. Oh, man. Is, it, is there anything better in the world than college football? I tell you what, there's no sport like it. There, Well, there are a couple things, but we can't talk about them. Exactly. All right, dog fans, but, that's going to do it. But, but college football is certainly in the top <laughs> three. Okay, dog fans. <laughs> That's going to do it from the bunker. We are 60 feet below the surface of Sanford Stadium as I speak. And, and heading down to the jailhouse. Exactly. We're on our way out for our nightly run. we got to troll downtown. I hear Munzenmeyer's got a keg tonight. So we'll be downtown. Uh, you know, call us at 706-534-1516. Or you can email us at dogcast at gmail.com. We are doing this show for you guys. It's for fans, by fans, and we really appreciate you guys listening. And Absolutely. Thank you for your patience. We know we've kind of let you down, but we are back in the saddle, and we, we are, are going to be bringing it to you every week and twice once the season starts. We are about to start kicking ass, dog fans. Let's get it on, dogs. Hey, Derek and all dogs. This is James from Duluth. Um, I was just watching Sports Center, and... Mark May, that idiot, he was on, and it was his top five college football preseason rankings. Not rankings, just the top five teams. And uh, there's a question. It was the top one of the top five teams that was most likely to drop out of the top five. And it was between uh, Georgia, Florida, Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State, and I think USC. And rather than taking Ohio State, uh, Mark May took Georgia, which just – I thought it was just the worst thing. Just it just it was horrible. So um um a month till kickoff. I'm looking forward to it. Great job, guys. Just bring you that go dogs. Hey Derek and old dog. This is Scott from Bakula. Hey, a quick shout out to Gerard Tarrant and Georgia Tech. You know they they're they're on a roll. It seems as of late having the uh, Al Qaeda students on campus and kissing technique ads and Craigslist. How embarrassing. I, you, you got you guys crack me up with the jokes, but Joe Hamilton and Gerard Tarrant really making tech look good as of late. Maybe uh maybe they'll do do better this year if they play Oglethorpe and a bunch of girls from the school, but they'd be all over that. Who knows? Uh but quick joke, what does Georgia Tech and marijuana have in common? That's they're both crushed and smoked in bowls. That's the answer to that one. But uh, anyways, guys, I love the show. Hey, a quick comment. Uh, everybody's talking about, uh, you know, how strong the flex bone is going to be at Georgia Tech and how successful it was at Navy. But just a little fun fact, Navy lost to Delaware, Utah, and Ball State last year. Their defense gave up an average of 37 points a game. That's kind of embarrassing. So uh, cannot wait for that November showdown with uh, with the dogs in Tech. That's going to be a serious serious beat down uh but i had a quick question uh guys i've i have actually saw a newspaper article where 62 division 1a programs have now incorporated a form of the spread offense last year we played oklahoma state florida and troy all three ran the spread and we gave up a combined total of 78 points 
Why do you guys think that the spread is becoming so popular, and do you think this is kind of a phase as the option was back in the early 90s, or do you see this as becoming a pretty regular thing because, you know, we've got Central Michigan that second game of the season. I think that that's going to be a similar game to what we had against Troy last year. Uh, appreciate you guys. Love the show. You guys are hilarious. Keep it up, um, and go dogs. Hey, guys, this is uh, John from Powder Springs, and I saw a headline that I just uh, had to give you a call on. Uh, on the sports page, it's the Los Angeles Times, and I've got to read this headline to you because it, it just kills me every time I see it. The headline reads, four of Southern Cal's six home games are sold out. I mean, can you imagine? It, it makes a headline when they sell out four home games. You know, when are other people going to realize that football is not a game, and it's certainly not a game that Georgia plays? We take it serious, and we don't put up headlines when we sell out four of our home games. I just thought that was hilarious, uh, that the Los Angeles Times put that headline on there. Um, So uh, I enjoyed the podcast. Hope things are going great. Keep it up. This is John from Powder Springs. 